Welcome in to the Sunday night Longhorn live stream. I'm joined right now by Eric Nolene, publisher of InsideTexas.com. Jerry Hamilton will be joining us momentarily. He's still getting back from Austin today. Got uh, caught in a little traffic, but he'll be there in just a few minutes, uh, he tells us. So we'll be uh, having Jerry join us. He spent some time at the airport today uh, covering some recruiting. Uh, Eric, you and I, we, we sat back and listened to what recruits had to say, wrote some uh, help write some articles and that sort of stuff. What is your takeaway on this week's uh, recruiting efforts from the Longhorns? I know you've talked to some sources there in Austin as well. What's going on? Yeah, hey, the recruiting's fun again. Uh, you know, it's been a long time coming. Um, you know, last week I started to feel a lot more confident about the direction of this class. I was never down on it, but I was kind of in limbo on, uh, you know, the top end of it, uh, how good it could possibly be. Uh, you know, middle middle of the week, we started feeling a little bit better. And then I think this weekend really backed that up. Um, we had a really good weekend, you know, n- almost entirely positive, uh, depending. It doesn't matter which recruit we talk to. Some were a little more reserved than others. Uh, but then, you know, you know, when they're reserved, you go to talk to sources and, uh, and get what they're saying more behind the scenes. You know, talking to us is one thing. Talking to, talking to their contemporaries is a different thing. Uh, so I feel really good about where Texas is. Uh, I think they're, you know, recruiting better than anybody uh, in the region right now. So that's, uh, you know, you'll take that because you've got OU, you've got LSU, you've got A&M. I think Texas is, is a cut above of everybody right now. Well, we're waiting on a commitment right now. Let's go ahead and just put that out there. We're not saying who at this point uh, because the young man has asked us not to, and we're going to uh, abide by that. Uh, but we are waiting on a commitment this hour, we hope, to see that uh, come through. Not exactly sure exactly when it's going to go on, uh, but we sure it's, it's probably going to be within the next hour or so. Uh, we'll be talking about that today. We'll also be talking about all of the recruits that were on campus. Uh, Jarrett Gibson, the running back out of IMG, committed to Texas yesterday. Christian Clark, committed to Texas, running back out of Arizona, committed on Thursday. Uh, just a lot of things going on right now. The 20 visitors in today, Eric, and I've, t- I've spoken to Jerry about this already, um, along with the 21 in last week, is this the most talent Texas has had on campus in back-to-back weeks in, since, I, I mean, I for, for me, it's recent memory. I can't remember when Texas had back-to-back weeks like this. I, maybe 15, 20 years? Yeah, I mean, probably so. Uh, you know, the, the way you arrange your, uh, your visits is a little different than it used to be. So, you know, they used to come in and, you know, maybe four weekends, but now it's kind of a, a bottlenecks uh, in the June. <clears throat> and instead of having four weekends of OVs, uh, they really only had two. So that, that has an effect on it, uh, you know, but, it, you know, in the other direction, I think a lot of these guys are more talented than they're rated. So, you know, we know the guys that are five stars, Colin Simmons, you know, Dominic McKinley, uh, Jared Gibson's highly rated. A lot of the DBs are highly rated, but I think the offensive linemen and the defensive linemen are better than their rankings indicate. And that goes into your, what you're talking about is pure talent. Uh, there's a lot of talent on, on, on campus and probably even more so than, than you would think just looking at ratings. Yeah. I, I think it's amazing uh, because they're, they're, the evaluation piece Texas is doing right now is impressive. You and I have talked about that. It doesn't matter, you know, if a three-star from the state of Florida, like Deontay Robinson was at one point, has offers from not only Texas, but Florida, Georgia, Alabama, uh, Ohio State, and Southern Cal, he's probably not really a three-star defensive lineman, right? Yeah. And, and people right. need to understand that it, this is still early in the process uh, at some point. All right, we're going to take some folks' questions and answers. We're going to try, try to provide answers as best as we can. So please start the process. Of got a good, I've got a good idea who they're going to be asking about. We'll yeah, they're, they're going to be asking about a, long, a lot of them. 
Uh, and we'll see how that goes uh, as we get go forward. Uh, let's start with this. This is a little fun one. What has been the best about this weekend? All of the buzz from the post, the despair of OU fans, the despair of A&M fans from Shane Jackson. Thanks, Shane. Eric, your thoughts? I know Shane. Well, you know the Shane Freud's is is always fun, but uh, it's it's more. What's mo most important is the the movement that they're making with uh, with recruits, uh, and that buzz is real. So you know there's there's plenty of silent commits out there, or at least a handful, um, and that's more important because that's how you beat those teams on the field, uh, which is the ultimate Shane Freud. Uh, so th first things for, first, assemble a really good class, uh, put it to good use on the team on the field, I should say. Uh, beat AM, beat OU, and then then you have scoreboard, and, and nothing nothing beats uh, scoreboard uh, when you're looking for Schadenfreude. But yeah, I was reading that our Aggie thread on Inside Texas. Um, sometimes I get derailed reading that. I, you know, I'm, I'm not even the most anti-Aggie guy at all. I almost married an Aggie, uh, but you know, sometimes it's just so funny what they're saying. They're in a little little bit of despair right now with uh, with the momentum that Texas has uh, has pretty much taken uh, from pretty much everybody in the region. Like I said earlier, got it. All right, uh, this one from uh, Harrison Saunders. Uh, still waiting on uh, Jerry Hamilton to join us. He just texted me, said he'd be another three or four minutes here. Uh, Harrison Saunders, Eric says, is there anything in particular you are looking for in the next couple of iterations of this team? For me, it would be mental toughness. And I, I kind of agree with that. Are our four and five stars need to stop losing to other teams, three stars? Eh, I don't know about the second part of that question. Uh, I, I just, I get the feeling it's mental toughness, Eric, but I also think it's about performing in the clutch as much as anything. And they did that more last year. Uh, Jalen Ford, two interceptions. Uh, Keandre Coburn, force foam. I mean, some things, they did more in the clutch last year than they had Anthony, been doing. Anthony Cook's force fumble. Yeah, Anthony Cook against Iowa State was big. Uh, Bijan, the whole running the ball down Baylor's throat. Those, those guys match. tie in and where, where I'm going with this response is it's experience. All those guys you, you mentioned were experienced. Uh, they lacked experience at, at the most important position on the field at quarterback. Uh, and I think I, you know, I attribute most of the second half issues to uh, quarterback play uh, going back to the first year, whether it's Casey Thompson, Hudson Card, or uh, Quinn Ewers uh, knocking the rust off. So I, I don't know. I feel like they are uh, have a good, a good amount of mental toughness. You see it most in the experienced uh, players. Nobody would say that uh, Ryan Watts lacks mental toughness. Uh, nobody would say Byron Murphy lacks mental toughness or Baron Sorrell. All these guys have experience. So let the young, talented guys that are, are, are probably more talented than some of the older guys we've seen in recent years, uh, let those guys develop. They need a little more time under tension, uh, and they're going to get that. So I'm not too worried about it. Mental toughness, I think the strength and conditioning program has done well instilling that. I'm not too worried about it. Got it. All right, KDA 35, I am the best. When is the Texas barbecue party, and who do you expect Texas to, to invite to that in any specific Specific names in general. I think it's late July. It's like July 27th or 28th, something like that, Eric. Uh, last year they did it on a Friday, I believe. Uh, maybe they'll follow that again. I'm not sure exactly what date that is. That's, uh, you know, that'll be interesting. You know, I think they'll probably be as much focused on 2025 as much as 2024 by then. You know, there's going to have a lot more uh, horses in the barn in the 2024 class. Maybe they have some of those commits that kind of, uh, you know, they like to get back to campus after they commit, have a little bit of a celebration and really enjoy uh, the decision they've made. So, but, yeah, look for the end of July. Last year was Friday. Maybe it's Saturday this year. I don't know. Sometimes they look at what other schools are doing. Uh, you want to uh, you want to have priority with the guys and make sure they're not booked. So probably uh, Friday of uh, end of July. Uh, Wardell Mack was one of those that said he will be back, a young man out of uh, Marrero that was in this weekend. Jerry, you got a chance to talk to Wardell Mack. Uh, he's one of the many defensive backs. I think, what was the total, guys? 
Uh, I got five. my over here. Five, five. defensive backs. I, think I thought five. I saw Will Mack was going to, to Florida. I, we need to check on that. He's doing both. Ooh. He's doing oh, both there. Okay. All right, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the, the one, my one takeaway from uh, talking with someone close to Wardell there at the airport was they, they'd love for this recruitment to be over before the season. Uh, you know, Wardell kind of left it open-ended, uh, possibly making visits during the season, potentially LSU. Um, I'm not so sure uh, people close to him prefer that route. So we'll see, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think uh, of the schools he's visited, Texas leads, Texas leads Florida and Florida State. I'm comfortable saying that. You know that if you want to go back to Derek Williams' recruitment, uh, Terry Joseph pulled the same uh, the same strategy: get the guy on campus, try to lock him up before the season, and then hold on for dear life. Uh, so Texas, if they bring him in now, they think that they can uh, he'll 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 make a decision before the season. That kind of jives with what Jerry heard. Yep, uh, Jerry and, and Eric, you guys both, and, and Jerry, you're just joining us now. Uh, if you guys are unfamiliar with Jerry, Jerry's with InsideTexas.com, analyst reporter, uh, big time. Uh, recruiting guy that has just done so much great work here the last uh, several days. Jerry, on in your opinion, this weekend, and I asked Eric the same question, can you remember two back-to-back weekends Texas had with this much talent? I mean, both weekends were loaded. I mean, can yeah. You, can you remember anything like that? No, I don't. I mean, I don't. I, I, I thought about actually driving back from Austin, the Houston area, like I was thinking about back to the Matt Brown days, and I can't recall it, right? I mean, the 2002 class, they had the Vince Young weekend, which is probably about on this level, um, but that was in December. It's a different time. Uh, so, it, no, not back to back. I mean, I think it was combined 32 combined five stars and four stars. Maybe 31 uh, uh, came in the last two weeks. I mean, you know, you hit half on half of those guys, you sign the number eight class in the country or six or seven or five. I mean, just depending on how many five stars and 150 guys you get. Uh, so, no, I haven't seen this. And look, I mean, the Texas is uh, they got multiple silent commitments right now. Um, if people thought this weekend was fun, wait until July. July is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Eric, you have any thoughts on on the month of July as well Eric, that, that Jerry's mentioning here? Because we know, I mean, some of these guys have timelines like. That's one of the things that that you and I, that all three of us have talked about this week in text threads, is that people need to understand, you know, it's not going to be, you know, 10 recruits in a day. Right. These guys now have Mm -hmm. timelines when they want to announce with local media in tow, uh, with their parents and grandparents there, that sort of stuff to make it a full day for themselves. You feel that similar sense that Jerry does that we're going to walk this into July and there's Texas still going to be getting a lot of commitments. Yeah, I mean, I, I know it, I know it's going to be that way. It's probably going to be a parade in July. Uh, you know, I heard last night, I wrote a post uh, fairly late last night uh, talking about, you know, they're going to get some silence, uh, but the goal is to, to really string it out. You know, it, it's fun to release a lot in one day, uh, but you want to be in the headlines for as long as possible. And so, you know, after the 4th of July, you know, they'll get a few before the 4th of July. Uh, but I've heard after the 4th of July is really the goal. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, early and July I, I mean, this, be fun. Sorry, this class is different from the last class. The last class you had Arch Manning commit. So Texas could squeeze as many guys as they felt like squeezing, right? Um, this is the class is a little bit different. It, it's hard. You know, they're, if Colin Simmons had committed this weekend, you could start squeezing anybody you felt like, right? I mean, it's just different. It's different, right? I mean, so, uh, but I think I, I agree with Eric. I mean, July 4th is always a popular day for kids. Right around that July 4th holiday is always popular. Um, you know, there's one kid that'll be for sure be off the board before July 20th that 
a month ago wouldn't have been. Uh, there's an important date that we'll, we'll, we'll drop on inside Texas on one recruit here probably tomorrow morning. Uh, so, yeah, there's these I, the next the first two weeks in July are going to be huge. Yep. And I think that you're going to see some and I, and I wrote this on the inside Texas message board. We'll see them trickle out every day or every day or two over the next two to three weeks. I, I think yeah. that's really the timeline that we're looking for. People want to meet. Of course, this, you know, it's a now world. Everybody wants it to happen now. Well, actually, some good things did happen on that recruiting weekend, in my opinion. I mean, you saw Texas solidify their leads with some players. And now we we know that there's a commitment coming here in the next uh, 20 minutes or so um, on top of another one that happened yesterday. But what I was getting at with all of this, guys, for you two is, uh, you know, they had a successful weekend based on what we're hearing from the guys that were there. Um, Colin Simmons, for example, you two both put in um, RPM picks for him on Sunday. Eric, you did it at 2.30 in the morning. Jerry, you you did it right when you woke up on, on Sunday as well. You know, that's a big-name guy, probably the number one player in the state of Texas, top recruit at least that, that everyone follows. Why did y'all do that? And obviously it was partly because of what y'all had heard behind the scenes and how his official visit was going. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I felt I felt pretty good about Colin coming into the weekend. I had him at uh, 60% on Friday morning, uh, and that's where I ended up putting my RPM. Uh, yeah, I was already feeling good about him. I think he profiles to the school. I think they have a good pitch for him as far as his fit. Uh, playing time is going to be there immediately. Going into the SEC, all of it lines up. I think the networking after after football, I think that appeals to him and his mother. Um, I know how well that, you know, PK's strength is not as an in-person recruiter, recruiter but b- being on the chalkboard. Uh, uh, he does a really good job selling uh, selling his vision for him, the development, uh, talking about his track record. Uh, we heard a lot of good things on the visit as well, you know, being hosted or not being hosted, but uh, hanging out a lot with Arch and, and some other players, enjoying himself. Um, you know, I'm not, you know, I I, I think my, my percentage right now, I think is low. I think 60% is low at this point. So, you know, I would probably raise it at this point um, if I'm just waiting on another phone call or two. Jerry, your thoughts? Yeah, I think I, I think what's interesting about this is sometimes it's also the other other schools that uh, fall off a little bit. And look, I mean, um, Colin said at the on three NIL elite series, he came out and said Texas and LSU were his top two. Uh, I'm not even sure that's the case right now. I mean, we'll see what happens in the future, um, but I, I'm not sure that's the case right now. So I, I think. Miami made a big impression on him, but here's the deal. The kid's going to the SEC. He was always going to play in the SEC. He's going to sign with an SEC school. Uh, that's where he's going to play. Uh, there's a reason people always have Texas and LSU at the top of it. You know, and in the, my three, four, five, I can't remember how many stops at Duncanville, not counting basketball stops. Anytime you talk with him, you knew he really liked LSU from the get-go. The SEC, the LSU, the Georgia appeal was there for him Alabama was even behind those guys he really likes LSU but I don't think he's going there got it all right Uh, I want to ask you guys both this question uh from Robert Muhammad uh because Jerry you brought up actually the uh top five top ten class you said they get half it's a number eight class in the country uh he's asking can Texas finish with a top ten class in 2024, I, I'm assuming the answer yes, right? Yeah, oh, 100%. I mean, I, if I, I've, I've been saying, and I'll maintain this, I think Texas is going to be pretty much lock themselves into that 8 to 10 range, right, uh, after the summer, maybe 7 to 10 range. 
Then it always – these recruiting rankings always come down to the five stars, right? And then how many not top 150 guys you have. That's really what factors into your final recruiting rankings. And, you know, you have Colin Sims, you have Kobe Black, um, you have Dominic McKinley. I mean, Terry Bussey's a current five-star. We'll see if he remains that way. you got guys like Ryan Wingo who's right there. It's number ranked 27. And when these uh, recruiting rankings go to 32 five-stars, he's going to be there. Um, then you have guys in, in the top 150. You got a lot of guys like Daniel Calhoun's, Wardell Max. I mean, Selman Bridges. There's a number of guys that Texas is in on that are five star guys and ranked in that top 150 in the country. And the reality is, if Texas gets Colin Simmons and Kobe Black, they're probably going to have another top five class. I mean, that's where I'm at right now with this because I think the rest of it will fall in line. Uh, so if they if they hit on a couple of five stars and they hit on the guys uh, we all think they'll hit on inside the top 150 in the country and get the other guys it looks like they're going to get, uh, third straight top 10 class is a lot. Will it be four, five, six? I don't know yet. Eric, you, you agree with that in, in large point? Or in large <clears throat> yeah, part? absolutely. Um, we had a subscriber this week uh, mentioned um, that the uh, defensive backs on campus were uh, for the official visits were uh, average 94, 94 rating. And we know that they're in a very good position with all those defensive backs. So right there's your boost. And then you've got Colin Simmons, of course. Uh, you know, there's And, you know, I think some of these guys are in line for a boost. If they get DeAndre Robinson, I don't know. How, nobody can look me in the face and tell me that guy's an 89 borderline four-star. I mean, yeah. So I think there's, there's, uh, there's room for some corrections on some of the players that they're going. I'm not saying they're going to get DeAndre. Uh, they need to get some, some players like him. But uh, I, think, uh, I think this weekend they, they guarantee themselves a, a top eight class. Uh, but, you know, got to get Colin and Kobe. You know, I put in an RPM for both those guys in the last few days. We'll see if it holds. Yeah. I feel like we're looking at a class right now that we're all going to just have to sit back and watch and see as, as it transpires over the next couple of weeks. Uh, but we've got a lot of things to go. One of the things I had mentioned uh, was somebody okay. asked me if the over and under on 11.5 commitments out of this recruiting weekend out of the 20 that were coming in. I don't I, – I think Texas is going to be on the – I don't know that they got 11.5 this weekend. I think that, that that's about the right number overall. Yeah. What, well, do look, what do y'all think? You, you know Space City Wrangler's on the ball there. So, I, yeah, know, I know he is. He may, have a, he may break out a spreadsheet on this. Oh, I'm scared to answer. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Hey, Jerry, this is a good question for you, bud. How realistic are Baker or Calhoun? Uh, Brandon Baker out of modern day, Calhoun. Uh, out of uh, Georgia, the big one that was just in six six three thirty or three sixty, excuse me. Uh, the pictures of him were just massive. I don't I need mean, large yeah. humans. Uh, what's the contingency plan at OT? Given some guys like Uni Williams, Warren have either trended away or Texas has kind of downplayed their recruitment in a couple of those guys. Yeah, on Baker, he Brandon Baker, uh, number one ranked offensive tackle out of uh, modern day. He was at Georgia this weekend. Um, I don't think Georgia's going to be the school. I don't think that's ever been the school. It's always interesting coming out of a visit like that. And I'm going to make a couple of calls where the competition really is. I still think it's Oregon, Texas. I think Ohio State's third. Um, look, I know a lot of people just have him as a lock to Oregon. We'll see. I mean, his brother's there. I get it. Um, he's been there more than any other school. I feel like Texas has more of a chance than uh, nationally they're being given credit for. That doesn't mean they're going to beat out Oregon for him. And I know Ohio State's making a strong run at it. It's going to be one of those three. I think it'll be before his senior season. Uh, look, Calhoun, you know, Bobby, we've talked about this. To me, this would be the most impressive recruiting win Texas has had since Sark's been at, in Austin. And I know people saying Arch Manning, whatever. But Calhoun's different. Now, you're, you're in Marietta, Georgia. 
And Georgia's won two national titles in a row. His dad started his college career at Alabama. Tennessee's three hours away. has had him on campus multiple times. He was on campus at Clemson. You literally have every power there in Atlanta coming after a guy. And Texas hasn't signed a guy like that from Atlanta since I can remember. And he's a premium position player. And I can guarantee you this after two phone calls on the road. Stacey Searles, Will Muschamp, they don't want that kid to go to Texas. Kirby does not want that kid to go to Texas. There's some competitiveness there. It's Georgia or Texas, but, you know, you got to go with Georgia until Texas proves you wrong. But it, it's close. I mean, it's it's a close race. I, I think it's interesting because I, I feel like Kyle Flood is big game hunting there. I mean, yeah. West Coast, Southeast, you know, going for going for it all. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah, and, and, and if you look, if you look for the the fall, people ask about the fallbacks. I mean, Bennett Warren could have a great senior year. Uh, you know, you never know with some of these guys what's going to happen. Um, you know, Ori Williams, see what happens this year. I mean, look, if A and M doesn't grab some momentum, I mean, you just never know what's going to happen. I would think him and Weston Davis probably go to LSU. Could you peel one of those two guys during a season? I think that might be a little tougher. Uh, but we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see how it all falls. Uh, Texas, um, and by the way, for those wondering, Calhoun's the left tackle. Brandon Baker's the right tackle of that group. Uh, you know, um, Kelvin Banks and Peyton Kirkland uh, both hosted Daniel Calhoun this weekend. He is seen as a left tackle. Got it. All right, uh, Eric, you had something to add to that, I think. Yeah, I mean, I feel confident that they're going to end end up with two tackles, and you know, losing Nair Daniels presumably to Georgia, I think. You know, it motivates Texas even more. You know, it's 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 a tough beat to lose him. Uh, Flood, love that kid. But I, it makes these other guys become more important. And the more important these players are to Texas, it seems like uh, they more, more, they're more likely to end up at UT. And, and Jerry's absolutely right about Calhoun being a bigger upset than, than Manning. I mean, we knew Manning was going to Texas, or we felt it strongly long before. Here we're sitting here, Georgia's, yeah, Georgia's playing with house money. They're, gonna, they're more likely to get them than Texas. So it, it would be a bigger upset than Arch. All right, uh, from Freelance Society here. Kept seeing positive info about Quinn at the Manning camp. I don't know if you guys saw the uh, – Jerry, you probably didn't get a chance to. I did not. On the, on the ground. Uh, but uh, the Manning uh, camp, uh, Quinn put some good stuff up, uh, hit a deep ball on a post route. It was kind of just a long, easy throw, but they had some nice things <clears> to write about him. Uh, anybody hear anything more about that? I know uh, Justin has been down to that Manning camp before. Eric, you hear anything out, out of that? No, and I feel terrible because it looks like you just donated uh, $5 to you guys. So uh, <laughs> I, not, I don't have a $5 answer for you, Freelance Society. I appreciate it. I appreciate your donation, though. How about this? I'll ask Justin Wells for you for tomorrow's uh, roundup on Monday, Freelance. I appreciate uh, the donation. The no we, we definitely uh, love to see those. Let's keep going here. We've got some more questions, guys. Um, let me see this here. I've got a, a few more Matt, will you help me with some here, bud? If you can, our, I'm speaking to our uh, our uh, producer. Uh, somebody pointed out something. Uh, I'll, I'll mention Calhoun and Gibson are tight. Jarrett Gibson, Daniel Calhoun, they are tight. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll see what happens with that. Still, Georgia's the team to beat until Texas upsets them in this recruitment. That's the way Texas fans should think about Daniel Calhoun. Okay, uh, Cliff Beckman has one here. Bobby and Eric, can you explain how NIL Texas One gets involved with these recruiting weekends? When we hear NIL will be part of his recruitment. Um, I'm going to say this. They actually don't get involved. So Texas, that, that's not part of, that's not how this works. Uh, those situations are all played out once they get on campus. Uh, Texas 
is just like any other school, they can say, look, this is what our guy last year got. They can't say this is what you're going to get, but this is what the, the market has been, et cetera, just like any other school can. So they don't, Texas One Fund is a, they're not going to do that. Uh, all they can do is point to past uh, performance, et cetera, according to NCAA rules. Uh, so that's that's how that happens. Eric, you have anything you want to add to that? Yeah, the important thing is there to, is to have proof of concept. You've got Bijan Robinson. Uh, obviously, he did quite well. Xavier Worthy, Quinn Ewers. They have that proof of concept, so they know what they they know what they're going to be if they're a starter at Texas. So um, you know, it, it does come up a little bit, but but Texas has very good examples to show them. All right, guys, we're waiting. I think I think we're getting ready to go here. Could be wrong. Seven twenty nine. Uh, Jerry Hamilton and Eric Nalin. We're waiting on something to happen around uh, about a minute from now. So somebody somebody asked about DeAndre Carter from Modern Day, Go uh, for offensive it. guard. Uh, he's scheduled to come in September 30th uh, for the Kansas game uh, right now, and that's the offensive lineman, a teammate of uh, Brandon Baker. That one's more USC, UCLA. Texas is right there in it. Uh, maybe Georgia. We'll see. I don't think Georgia's going to have room, but I think that's, I think it's West coast versus Texas on him. And he's scheduled to come in September 30th. We'll see if Texas has a spot. All right. Didn't uh, he, already, he already took an OV, right? No, he's coming in September 30th. Oh, okay. I thought he came in. I thought he was uh, last weekend. Okay. No, he was at April. He was an April unofficial. Hey, while we're waiting on something here, uh, I think it's getting ready to be close here. Jerry, what changed about your Ben uh, Colin Simmons? Yeah, recruitment? It broke. It, it, it definitely broke. Okay. Uh, yes, uh, yes. Nate Kibble just committed to the University of Texas per Hayes Fawcett. Um, okay. uh, so Nate Kibble has committed to Texas, and, and let's let's talk about this real quick. Um, I think this is important to talk about because uh, you know on Inside Texas, some people are like, you know, how big of a deal is this, right? Well, l- let's be real. Texas just beat A and M on an offensive lineman from Atascosa High School with Kenyon Green going in the first round and Cam Dewberry being a freshman starter in College Station last year. So for Texas fans, they're like, eh, they look at the ranking. you got to understand now, this is A&M losing momentum in the state. This is Texas gaining momentum in the state. And think about how this all happened. I mean, Inside Texas broke uh, the, the news this week that he, he, and he scheduled uh, and – an official visit midweek to Texas. He had visited Texas A&M June 9th through 11th. Everybody thought he was going to go to A&M, but nope, he was there the same weekend Daniel Cruz was there and a number of other uh, uh, players. So that is this is a huge win because it cuts into Texas A&M, a guy they thought they were going to get. That I'm sure they'll act like, oh, he's just, you know, he's an okay player. Uh, but no, Nate Kibble's a very talented guy. Um, so now the next part. We were expecting Nate Kibble to join us in the next five <laughs> minutes <laughs> yes. here yes. on this live stream. Uh, so you guys are going to get to uh, enjoy hearing the newest uh, Longhorn, Nate Kibble, offensive lineman out of a Tuscan we, we, we have, wait we on have a lot of we have a lot of comments. Yep, Nate Kibble is a Texas Longhorn. He did commit um, a big win for Kyle Flood over Steve Adazio there out of a Tuscaseta. Um, I'm sure a lot of Texas fans know this, but Sam Cosme, the last Texas offensive lineman from a Tuscaseta High. No doubt. All right. Hey, Jerry, I do want to go back to this because we had this question. Uh, what changed about Simmons recruitment that makes you think it won't go to, to December? Eric, if you have something to chime in, please do as well. Yeah. I, you know, it's just, it's just so rare. These kids actually make it to that point. You know, they get into this process and they realize this is actually really tiring. It's really fun for a long time, 
But then when you start the visits, it gets really tiring. And then what happens if one of the top two schools you're looking at maybe starts to fade? I mean, then what's the decision? I mean, and these kids have been recruited for so long. It's just so rare that these recruitments are actually going to December anymore. Um, that, look, it, even when he was saying his timeline was December, we may have mentioned on here, it's just it's unlikely it goes to after Duncanville wins the state championship in December. I mean, it's just like uh, it, there's just aren't many guys that do that at this point. So that was never a high percentage bid. Got it. Uh, what about you, uh, Eric? You have anything to add? Well, I think there, you know, I think uh, he's catching on to the consensus being built in, in UT's favor. That certainly helps. Uh, he's got a chance to be a class leader. I think that appeals to him in many ways. Um, but, but, you know, even if Texas gets the, the gets the commitment in the coming weeks, you know, they're going to have to hold on for dear life. He, he'll yeah. have his announcement. Uh, no doubt. But he'll still have suitors going well into December. So his recruitment won't be over. You got to recruit him through the whistle, like we always say about these high profile guys. Um, but the more he becomes a class leader, the more he's bought in, the more it's hard to separate him from Texas. So, you take that commitment whenever you can get him. Uh, and, you know, right now, I think he's going to decide before uh, before the end of the summer, uh, probably in July. But, you know, we'll see. Eric, I'm I, hey, real you. quick, Bobby, some people are asking on Kibble's size because I guess he's he's listed different. Nate Kibble's <clears throat> shade under 6'3 and 320 uh, with 80, 80, 80 to 81 inch wingspan. He has got very long arms for his height. That's something Texas wants. And they're yes. interior guys uh, on to, to help with pass pro to be honest with you they've yeah. been beaten on the interior with shorter arm guys in the past and that's something Kyle Flood looked for uh you know I want to I want to stay with you here Eric on this one from Texas boy you think Anthony Hill project, projects to be a better pass rush edge than Alfred Collins no it's Colin Simmons I think oh they Colin means, Simmons. I think he means Colin Simmons I could be wrong yeah your uh, thoughts Eric I mean yeah because Alfred plays inside so yeah yeah, you know, I think he's probably going to be a little quicker off the edge. Uh, you know, he's not going to be carrying as much weight as uh, as as Colin Simmons. Um, but I think Colin Simmons is going to be the more refined uh, uh, pass rusher. Certainly, he's going to have more power. There's there's more ways to to get to the quarterback than just with speed. You know, I like I like in Colin Simmons to Will Anderson. You know, that's that's kind of who that guy reminds me of. And I know it's an, it's a pretty easy uh, uh, comparison to make. But you know, Colin, I think. I think Colin Simmons is, is, you know, the best pass rusher that Texas is after in the last few years. I think that's pretty easy, but Hill's going to be really good. And Hill's not just going to get to the pass rusher off the edge. You know, they're going to, they're going to use him as a blitzer through the a gap quite a bit. Uh, so he's maybe more dynamic in that way, but as an edge rusher, I think you got to get the, give the edge to Colin Simmons. Hey guys, this may be my favorite spam of all time. Yeah. <laughs> we got a super chat from, I think, I don't know, whatever Pope casino is. Uh, maybe you're just a Texas fan. We appreciate you, bud. Uh, and for $20, we will definitely say thank you. How about that? All right. Hey, uh, guys, let's go to Justin Yarbrough next. Jerry's, here's your coffee refill. I promised, LOL. Great job this weekend. Everyone give IT a chance. I took them on after they started this channel. It's well worth it. Justin, we really appreciate you as well. And, you know, Eric, you can talk about this because Jerry and I have talked about it before, how much we appreciate folks on this channel and giving IT a chance. Eric's the publisher of Inside Texas. Give your 30-second spiel on why you think people should join Inside Texas uh, and the group here. Well, it's only a dollar. You can go, you, you can spend a dollar right now and see everything that's great about Inside Texas. That last thread is, you know, we're talking a lot of info, but it's a lot of guys having fun too. You know, we're, we're kind of sitting on a bar stool in many ways. 
um, you know, inside text is the way to, to kind of get, get the clutter out. You don't have to go to four different sites. You don't have to, to hang out on Twitter if you don't want to. It's all in one place for you. Uh, but I think community is a very big part of it. Um, you know, I've said this a few times when, when you hit a certain age, you think you're done making new friends. I can't tell you how many new real friends I've made just from being on inside Texas throughout the years. It's a, it's a great place to be. Uh, I would be there even if I wasn't, if I wasn't working there. Got it. I, I, I'm going to, th- I'm going to throw a spiel out real quick. So look, this episode is supported by FX's clipped the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owners, racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook Games. Uh, we've had a, Bobby. We've had a number of coworkers chime in. The biggest rec- weekend recruiting threat of all time in our industry at Inside Texas. Uh, it's going to close in on 6,000 responses and may close in on 700,000 page views. The record was about 287,000 for, for an Auburn site that had seven five stars. So uh, for the Inside Texas people, a lot of new subscribers, a lot of people that just came on that thread said that lurking, but now they're posting. Um, congrats to all those guys that were part of that. Um, because records are made to be broken and we freaking smashed it at Inside Texas. <laughs> good, good spiel, both of you guys. Good spiel. All right. Hey, oh, wait. LaPole Pot. I hope not. We used to work in EQ and was always amazed how accurate the practice reports and intel in general was. Keep up the ro- great work. Y'all are the best in the business. Uh, we definitely appreciate you, man. I definitely appreciate you. I've heard that one. I've heard that one a lot from people inside the building. Like, where are you getting your information from? <laughs> you know, we were uh, we were we were interviewing Quandre Diggs one year at uh, Media Days, and I said, Eric Nolan, Inside Texas. He, he before he would even answer, he goes, "Where do you guys get all your information from?" So uh, that was that was uh, that was one of the, uh, the the prime moments of my career. All right, hey, both of you guys, uh, they're talking here. Texas boys asking about uh, Terry Bussey, a uh, young man out of Timpson's East Texas guy. Uh, Justin talked to him today. Uh, does Texas have a shot with Terry Bussey in your opinion, Jerry, Eric, either one. Um, I, you know, I, I think they're still behind A&M, but you know, if he, if he's going to wait into the season, then, you know, that, that that's fine. You know, he could commit now if he's, if he's going to keep an open mind text to Texas, like Anthony Hill did last year. Um, but if he wants to make an in, in decision, uh, in decision, in season decision, I, sh- I should say, um, that could benefit Texas a lot. So, you know, we'll see that that one's that one still has some tread left on the tires. You know, I don't have a good feel for Texas right now, but but there's plenty of room, uh, plenty of ways left to go. Oh, look who's about to join us. <laughs> you got we've got him here. Let's get him on. Let's see. Will you bring him in, Matt, please? There he is. The newest Longhorn. Uh, <laughs> one young man named Nate Kibble. How you doing, Nate? Doing good, man. Appreciate you. Congratulations to you. I, uh, we wanted to ask you a couple of questions. We really appreciate you joining us here. 
Uh, Jerry was the one that uh, talked to you today and got you to come on. We appreciate it. Jerry, I'm going to do you the honor, and you get the first question of the very newest Longhorn, Nate Kibble, offensive lineman out of Atascacita. Okay, so here's the question, right? I mean, midweek it comes out, you're going to make an official visit to Texas, right? Um, Atascacita has always kind of been an A&M offensive line school, right? Why did you decide to move up your timeline, visit Texas midweek, and then go get into why you committed? Um, so it was just, so just the, like, first I'm going to go into why I committed was just being down there, being around the guys, man, everybody, everybody fits kind of what I'm about. You know, they work hard, they do everything right. And they're everybody, you can tell everybody has the same goal up there. So that's really cool. And then the reason for the timeline move up was just because like, I'm starting to like, this is like, obviously I've never been recruited before. So I realized that you can't wait forever. Like, you know what I'm saying? If you feel good about something, you need to go ahead and jump on that opportunity. And I feel really good about this. So that's what that's I did. Good. Eric, you have a question for uh, Nate? Yeah. I mean, was there a certain aspect of the presentation you received on your official visit that really put Texas over the top? Was it development? Was it strength and conditioning? Um, obviously, you know, there's, they've done a pretty good job recruiting offensive line and back-to-back classes. You got to come in there and compete. What is it about Texas that makes, makes you feel like you can come in, develop, uh, and compete at a, at a reasonably early time? Honestly, it's Coach Flood, man. Like, he just – he seems like he has a plan for me, and, like, all I have to do is come in there and work. And if I put the work in, I'm going to get to where I need to be. And I just know – I know that I can work, and I know that if I work and he gets me in the right spot, then the sky's the limit. So, the, so, the, so mate, oh, go ahead. So here's one of the things I, I, I love to ask guys is after visits is, you know – I think one of the big things that Sarkeesian, Coach Sark, has spoken on was the changing culture at Texas. And you guys get around the players, and y'all sense that. You feel that. You go to multiple schools. What was it about the culture and the players at Texas that made you say, yeah, this is the right spot for me? Man, it's honestly, just like I said earlier, everybody is on the same goal. Everybody knows that they have to go and work day in, day out, every single day to get better. And they know that they know that, like, especially going into the SEC, that the competition level is going to be going up so that they got to work even harder now than ever. Just, you know, what I mean, so it's just I, I love I love how they work up there. I love how everybody's set on working. That's good. Hey, Nate, you you, uh, you mentioned Kyle Flood. He's certainly a, a coach that has seen his fair share and, and helped produce and develop a number of offensive linemen. Uh, what is he going to have to work on with you? And what do you think your strengths are currently as a player? Uh, so work on just obviously like getting stronger, faster. You know, being on the college level, everybody's stronger, everybody's faster. Uh, I think I think some of my strengths would be like just my football IQ. Though I understand the game really well, and I try to study it as much as I can. If I'm not playing, I'm watching football. I'm always doing something around football. So. I feel like that's one of my strengths, but just coming in, getting stronger, faster, uh, smarter, even just everything, you know. Hey, I had one. I had one more question, Bobby. Yeah, we hadn't turned on your highlight tape, uh, but I was hoping we were going to turn on your highlight tape because my question was, what did Summer Creek ever do to you to deserve that on that highlight tape, man? <laughs> what the hell did they do to deserve that? Man, Summer Creek. You didn't tell Kelvin Banks they deserved it. <laughs> They're our rivals, man. We always go hard when we play Summer Creek, man. So. But (laughs) (laughs) one more thing for you, Nate, and and this is a this is something that's just really kind of simple for you. Who who were your hosts and what did you guys do 
over the weekend. I mean, I know somebody said y'all went to top. I mean, not somebody. A lot of people said y'all went to top golf, uh, went out to eat. But I give people out there that haven't been on an official visit that are watching this live stream right now a sense of what all you guys go through as a recruit a little bit. Okay, yeah. My host was Andre and uh, Kojo. I don't know yep. if y'all know, yep. but oh, yeah. so we, we, we did a lot. Like, obviously, like you said, top golf, but like, so Friday we came in and we had a, we had a pretty busy schedule, but it wasn't too bad. We got the photo shoot done Friday and we ate, we ate twice. It, it, look, one thing on an official business you're going to do, you're going to eat. You're going to eat until you can't eat no more. And then... Saturday, Saturday is always kind of the jam-packed day, so it's a lot of stuff all day basically, but it's always fun. Like like you said, we went to Top Golf. We had we just had fun the whole time, and then Sunday, Sunday was kind of like the last day, winding down. We had a good breakfast, and then just talking, having meetings with coaches and things like that. So yeah. How how did your very and this is gonna be the final one, guys for for Nate. We appreciate you spending your time with us uh, before we let you go. Describe the timing and when and how you committed to coach Sarkeesian, coach flood, who, who all was there in the room with you, et cetera. So to be honest, I, I woke up, um, I woke up Sunday, like today. And I said, I, t I told my mom, like, this is it. Like, I, I don't have to go anywhere else. Like I feel really good here. So once we had our meeting, we had a meeting with coach Sark. It was me, my stepdad, my little brother, and my mom in there. And we were just talking and I just let them know, like coach this, I don't have to go anywhere else. This is where I want to be at. All right. All right. Nate Kibble, offensive lineman at Tascasita High School. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining thanks, us. You've got a great smile, Nate. Hook him, bud. Congratulations. Go, go easy on Summer Creek next year. Go easy on him. <laughs> all. all right. Thanks. That's Nate Kibble, offensive lineman uh, from Summer Creek. Uh, Eric and Jerry, another guy that just seems Ooh. to be attracted to what uh, Kyle Flood, Steve Sarkeesian are building in Austin. From the standpoint, I mean, he mentions going to work. It's not about going to play. Yeah. I mean, that, that's one of the very first things I noticed. Either of you guys want to talk about that? Well, I think I think something that, you know, we, we kind of miss on uh, in the recruiting industry is the mental eval. And, and, you know, just talking to him right there, you feel really strong about him maximizing, working hard, yeah. not shying away from competition. That, I think that probably helps coming from Atascacita, which there's always competition on the OO. You want to play early. Uh, they, they have a standard there. He's, he's certainly not afraid of competition. So, you know, add add some add some more rankings to him just on mental eval. That's a huge part of football, especially the bigger the player is, the more important the mental eval is because it's hard to be out there in the heat. Got it. All right. Uh, thanks for having us, guys. This this was a special moment for us because we enjoy talking to these young guys. We we've, we've been in this business all of us uh, for more than a decade, two decades, three decades. In my standpoint, we always enjoy seeing young guys get their you know get their dream come true. Right, and I think everybody understands that let's get hey, back hey, hey, people are asking for the nate kibble highlights can we play some highlights while we're going through some questions it, it, all right i'll ask matt to get that i started that says yes. when matt you watch says him, yes when you watch yes. him when you watch him it's it's clear he's going to be comfortable in any run scheme that's what i really like about him. he's pulling he's he can he can just drive down on a guy he's going to be really comfortable no matter what they call and, and here's the thing here's the here's the thing we said earlier in the live stream or when we we're kind of talking about they play a Big time competition. I mean, this is playing North Shore. There's North Shore. You have Allen. You have yep. Summer Creek. I mean, they play as tough a schedule as there is in the state of Texas. And uh, yeah, he see he, 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 King has a good defensive line. You know, yeah. he's going when, up against when he everybody. turns downhill. It's over.
you're watching him here. He's playing left tackle. He probably projects as an interior guy For on sure. the college level because he's so broad. That, that's, um, that's, this is the same kid we were just talking to, that little nice guy we were just talking to a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, guys. This one's Ken Ward. Can any of the guys on the team now become elite Simmons style edge rushers? Does Hill want to be an Erlocker style LB or would he be open to a Michael Parsons style player? You know, either Jerry, Eric, either of you guys have thoughts on that? Uh, I think the, you know, I think the highest upside pass rusher right now, not talking about Colin Simmons is uh, Ethan Burke, but he's probably a year away. Uh, you know, he reminds you of some of those Michigan guys that they've had up there. Uh, but you know, like I said, he's got to get strong in the lower body. Hill, I don't, I, I've never heard Hill carrying one way or the other. Now this year, you're going to see him off the edge, probably more than playing off the ball, just because uh, playing off ball requires more time, uh, you know, more experience. Uh, there's a lot to learn as opposed to just playing off the edge where they're pinning your, your ears back or, or giving you a specific assignment. Uh, so this year, let, let's say he has five, six sacks this year coming off the edge. Maybe they think about keeping him there because they've done well uh, recruiting that position in the last couple of years. Jerry, you have a thought on that? Uh, you know, I, I think uh, I think he'll not Erlacher style uh, linebacker. I think the whole thing, whatever your player comparison is for him, is look the kid's goal is to be a first round pick one day, right? And to do that, you got to be able to play forward and in reverse. And, and that's going to be what's so big for him um, is it, I know he's a great down uh, downhill player. He can rush the passer, can find the football. He's going to be first to the football. I think the big thing for him is, is going to be playing in space, uh, in coverage and things like that. So it, more than, you know, just an edge rusher. Right? For Hill, I've always looked at him as what does he have to do to be a complete player to end up being a first-round pick. I think that's what's going to be big for him. Ooh, did y'all just see that block? All right, uh, this one. This one's from a uh, Harley Zabrowski. Do we get another commitment tonight? LOL. I'm not. I don't expect one, but that doesn't mean that we're not on watch at all times now, and probably will be for the foreseeable future, given just how many guys are on the hook right now. Right. So let, let's let's talk about that. We talked about that a little bit at the beginning of the show, but let's kind of lay this out for uh, a lot of people, a lot of new people on on, on listening to these live streams as well. So I know one prospect for sure that his plan is to go home, sit down with his high school coach and his position coach and inform them of his decision before he announced announces. So while that kid has told Texas he's coming, there are some steps. Now, sometimes they want to get an edit done, make a video, right? That delays things a couple, three days. Uh, but even if a kid that doesn't have a set timeline, he may want to just go sit down with his coaches and let them know because he's that type of guy. I mean, or you want to go home and sit down with your parents tonight and really talk things over, even if you already told Texas you're coming. Uh, you want to sit down, have that one last discussion, sleep on it. Okay, we're good with this. So it's uh, sometimes it's about timeline. Sometimes it's about just things that these prospects want to do with their family or with their high school coaching staffs, or it could even be their trainer. I mean, there's so many things that go into this. There's a lot of conversations uh, that, that are had before they announce publicly what they're doing. Uh, I, a lot of people all have that epiphany that Kibble had, where he knew the night where he or the morning yeah. when he woke up. You know, they're, they're still you know, they like Texas a lot. You know, it's probably they're probably an 80, 80, 80 20 favorite in some ways, <clears throat> but they still want to go go uh, go through the process and make sure they don't make an emotional decision. Hey, Eric, uh, this is a, a good question uh, for you because you followed the Corian Gibson recruitment particularly close. A lot of people are asking about him. Like, uh, there's a number of questions, so I'm trying to get as many together as one can. 
Uh, what's the latest on Corian Gibson, the young man whose birthday it is today? Happy birthday, Corian. Uh, the defensive back out of Lancaster who was in this weekend with his friend Jordan Johnson Rebell, one of the five defensive backs the Longhorns brought in on official visits this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people were hoping that he would announce on his birthday. We were definitely on watch for it. Not, we didn't hear it necessarily, but, you know, when you have a birthday and it's they scheduled the official visit early with him, knowing when his birthday was, uh, you never know. A lot of guys want to make that birthday special. Uh, I still feel as good as I did before the weekend, despite him not making a, a commitment yet. So, you know, we'll just let it play out. Got you it. know, one, one of the things I'm watching for with that one is, you know, him and Jordan Johnson Rebell are best friends. And they grew up together in Fort Worth. I mean, you know, if you look at their profile, one says IMG, one says Lancaster. They grew up together. Kind of wonder if they do something the same day. Well, something to follow. Yeah, no, that's a good point, Jerry. Uh, Eric, this one's for you, bud. Uh, thanks for taking a seat next to me on that bar stool in Ames, Eric, from Jeffrey K. You yeah, remember, remember that, that I'm guessing, Eric. This is what you're talking about. It's kind of fun, you know? Yeah, so on the, he was fun. to one side. He was to one side, and Bert Auburn's mom was to my left. Um, <laughs> and so we were chatting up, and I was like, you know, you got to tell me the story about Bert's hair. And she's, she's like, my husband still wonders about that, too. <laughs> but, uh, hey, and forget about that, Eric. Did you see any Iowa State players on DraftKings that night with their phones <laughs> out? <laughs> <laughs> they, they clearly bet on themselves as if they were. Oh, wow. That's uh, that, that was a beat down on Texas. Remember, Texas didn't show up in the second half. No. I had, I had you yeah. know, blue hair ladies uh, heckling me in the stands. It was it was wild. Uh, Bo Davis had some fun in the bus that after that one, too. Right. Oh, yeah. That led to that may have been a turning point in the Texas program for Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, this is from Jr. Uh, Bussy is re being recruited at wide receiver. Talking about Terry Bussy from Timpson. What's a good player comp from him? Either of you guys? I've already struggled with this. You know, a guy, it's, he's, not, he's not well known, but he reminds me of Jonathan Giles that came out of Fort Bend a couple of years ago, went to uh, Tech and had a good year. And then I think went to LSU and kind of disappeared. But uh, he's a better athlete than, than Giles was. Giles was a quarterback, uh, do it all kind of guy. Uh, I'm, I'm struggling. I've been struggling on Bussy because uh, really I would think that he plays corner uh, if you look at his athleticism and, and sort of his build. Uh, but he's more comfortable with the ball in his hands, it seems. So, I, yeah, I'm kind of struggling. Maybe Braylon Addison. I don't know. Oh, interesting. Braylon Addison would be an interesting comp, Jerry. Yeah, I don't I, I need to think about that. I, I don't really have anything on that. I'm watching all these uh these questions over here with I Eric was taking that. By the way, the inside Texas thread, if you if you're not over there, it just crossed fifty four hundred responses. And I think we're closing in on six hundred and forty thousand page views from the weekend live thread. So it's going on over seven hundred thousand. So congrats to all you guys that made it happen. All right. Uh question for you guys. Thanks again, JR, uh, for that uh super chat. Would we take six DBs if all our remaining top targets want in? Uh, Jordan Johnson, Bell, Kobe Black was in. We haven't even mentioned him, another five-star. Haven't had a chance to mention him because we, we haven't talk, talked to him yet. Uh, Corian Gibson, Selman Bridges was going to be in town until 5 o'clock. Wardell Mack, we talked about him earlier, the DB from Marrero, Louisiana. Uh, Eric, your, your thoughts on that? Um, I think it could depend on how they fall. <clears throat> you know, they don't have a they don't have a safety in the class, and really, of, of the names listed, uh, Johnson Rebell is really the only one that would profile there for me. Maybe Bridges if he uh, if he fills out quite a bit. Uh, so you'd think that JJR's in and, and him being tight with Gibson. Gibson's in, uh, Black is in. So then, it, to me, it kind of comes down to who goes between Bridges and Mac, and what how how the, how else they feel about their other needs. You know, they're going to reappropriate uh, some of these. Uh, they might reappropriate some of these scholarship numbers like we're seeing at linebacker to the defensive line if they, if they feel like they can get a quality D line. So it could be a, a best player available situation. 
obviously all those guys are good. I, I, I tend to think they would take them all. Uh, but I, you know, how, how, they, how it falls uh, would matter to me. Yeah. I, I would say this, I, you know, Jay, if Jordan Johnson rebel commits, then miles Davis or uh, Lair, one of those two guys is going to commit. There's your safeties. Then the question becomes, can you really get four guys that see themselves as corners? I think that's always the difficult thing because I think that's why the, in the D line number is four. I think once you start getting past that number, at some point it does become a numbers game. Yep. Uh, don't forget Santana Wilson in the class as well. We talked to him yesterday. Go. What a talented young man, uh, well-spoken guy that he is as well. Uh, this one from Juan Bobby. Since Texas going to the SEC, is this going to be the down part of recruiting for Texas A&M? Because when they were in the Big 12, they were behind Texas in recruiting. Now Texas is in the SEC A&M. Hmm. I hadn't necessarily thought of it that way. I think that it's – look, the Big 12, it was – not the Big 12, but uh, the Southwest Conference was definitely cyclical at times with Texas A&M, right? Uh, A&M, when they did get a definite boost when they went to, to the SEC, they got a Johnny Manziel boost as well, uh, I think, uh, at the tail end of Mac Brown's time at, the, at, at Texas. The, the bigger piece to me uh, that I, I think is interesting right now, Texas is on the upswing in recruiting. A&M clearly not doing as well as they had. Oklahoma is on a little bit of up, upswing, but they've ha had problems closing on some guys. LSU gets probation hit on Saturday. Now, does that probation really matter? Will that actually affect anything? But those are the three surrounding big-time programs with Texas, right, guys? I mean, is this an opportunity, a special opportunity for Texas to take advantage of? I think it's all timing. So much of this is timing. It, it, in On all these situations, if you go back to when Urban Meyer took the Florida job, Bobby Bowden was on the downswing. Miami was a complete mess, right? He went in there and tore it up in recruiting. If you look at Texas right now, um, look, A&M had a real opportunity last season. They were coming off, whether it was the COVID year or what, they were 9-1, and one, ranked the top five. They signed the 2022 class, great class. Had some bad seeds in there, though, and caught up with them. But on the field, they were right there with a chance. You know, Eric knows this guy's been talking to recruits for years. You sort of hear an A&M in the top two or three early more on kids. And when you get that way, you're like, ooh, okay. So they're starting to trend with kids and kids talk. They're in these text threads. But then last season happened. And then I really think the season – some of the kids that left, you know, suspended, whatnot. Then Anthony Hills flipped to Texas, being a great recruiter, five-star guy. Um, it, it, so you take combine that with Texas turning the corner on the field and now moving into the SEC. So A&M had already lost their built-in advantage of recruiting in the SEC with Oklahoma and Texas on the Big 12. Now that's gone. But then you're just coming off a bad season. So there is so much pressure on Texas A&M on the field this year. I think. Texas and AM fans may be underestimating it to me. They have a ton of pressure to go win eight, nine games and kind of reverse last season. If they don't and Texas goes out and wins 10, AM's in trouble. Eric, your thoughts on that? Yeah, but that could also go back to being cyclical again because, you know, eventually they'll have enough money to uh, find a new head coach. And uh, they do have the ability to have a spirited uh, backing in uh, NIL. They can, you know, I think they've done a, a better job than we've seen in the past. Um, recruiting nationally, kind of like Texas. They have other other uh, neck of the woods that they can go recruit. Uh, but they, like Jerry said, this, this season is absolutely massive for them. Once you stagnate as a head coach, there's really no coming back from it. We saw that with Kevin Sumlin. Uh, we saw that with Charlie – well, really with Charlie Strong, it was a cratering. 
Even Mac, Mac Brown, that 2014 class is going to be really bad. He was, he was stagnant. Uh, if Jimbo doesn't win this year, he's going to be stagnant. And then it's just all about whether or not they can uh, find the money to find a new head coach that, that, can, that can revive things. But they have, they do have good things in place. Uh, they're in the SEC. They can look nationally. They have NIL. Uh, they have good facilities. Uh, the school's not going to appeal to everybody, but um, you know they, they did get those guys in 2022 there. They can do it again with the right mix, uh, but it all starts with them uh, with them winning. And uh, you know I don't know they, they lost a lot of depth. They've got some uh, couple key injuries, and they're going to be in trouble. Jerry, this one's for you uh, from Joey Fletch. Uh, Juan, by the way, that was a good question. I think that was guys, a great right? question. Yeah. That was a great question. Yeah, uh, Joey Fletch has how many DT do, DTs do we take this cycle or attempt to take at least? Well, the the goal is four. Um, if it ends up being three guys, then you go to a portal for one. I think that's really where this is at. I don't see Texas getting five. I just don't think it works that way. Uh, at some point, the numbers game work, uh, it works against you. Uh, so the goal is to get four guys. Now, could you get four guys and a TJ Lindsay sees himself more as a uh, edge player to start his career? Possibly. I'm not going to rule that out because that would almost appeal to TJ Lindsay after talking to him at the airport today. Uh, but I really think that number is four. And if you're not just going to reach for four, anybody they take, they feel like it's an SEC player. The, the thing there is do you, if they only get three, then they go to the portal for four. Fair. But it's hard to find that guy in the portal. The Trill Carters don't aren't in the portal every year at D tackle. Hey, this Brett Nelson's asking this too. What makes you think LSU has faded the same? And they're league? mentioning with Colin Simmons. Oh, okay. With Colin Simmons, what makes yeah. you think uh, AM's faded? Uh, LSU's faded. Um, I think Texas made up ground. I'm not sure that LSU faded. All obviously, if Miami's ahead of LSU, then they faded. But I think you know. Texas is taking care of its business as uh, as far as recruiting from a recruiting standpoint. So I don't know that LSU did anything that gave Texas an upper hand. I think Texas has just out-recruited them of late. I, I'm going to say something. I don't know how to say it. Uh-oh. Um, don't worry about it then. Matt, no, 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 I'm let's, not, let's, not, let's not cause any un, un, unnecessary. Okay, uh, we'll move on. Next question. Or, yeah, let, let's – because I, I think I know where you're going. Uh, let's just let it be. Um, thanks, Brett, for that super chat. Eric Davis, Wingo has yet to post his official visit pics from Texas. Interesting mm. or nothing to see here? I don't read Twitter and Instagram. Like I'm not. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, this, I'm this. too old for that. Like I didn't. I, I, I'm, I'm a Facebook guy, right? That, well, that tells you how bad I am. Look, it's all Eric, over. People have been asking that. It's on that thread. It no, is. No, yeah, it the, is. The social media sleuths are the social media sleuths are out in force, and here you got former Cincinnati Red great Eric Davis paying very close attention to what. Uh, what Texas is doing. Um, you know, I don't want to, I don't make too much of that, but maybe there's something there. Sometimes you just stumble onto something, you know, maybe saving them for a, for a commitment. Um, yeah, but I, I don't, I have no idea on that. It's uh, <laughs> I like the three question marks too, man. He really cares. I, I can't believe that you mentioned Eric Davis and I'm going to give y'all, I think he went to, went to high school. He was in the same, not the same high school class, but I think he went to high school or from the same hometown as, uh, Daryl Strawberry, Strawberry, yeah, Daryl Strawberry, yeah. and Hubie Brooks. Well, yeah, baseball, baseball is on my mind because every milestone we've made on that board, Jerry's put a uh, put a baseball uh, achievement to it. You know, uh, Babe Ruth's seven hundred home runs, uh, Pete Rose's uh, uh, career hits was a was a comment. So, I think yeah, baseball is on my mind. And the Astros are playing the Dodgers right now. I'm out here in California, see Dodger fans everywhere I go. So, baseball is on my mind right now. Gotcha. Hey guys, E Kim. Uh, this this I, I'm he's saying this Livingstone is an, announcing on July one. We knew this. Um, 
not to say who he's going to or what have you, but this is kind of what we were talking about earlier, right? Yeah. That I, think we, ought to lay, I think we ought to lay all this out, by the way, these guys and the dates that we know. Do we? I know we wrote an article on Inside yeah, Texas I, I, that had I did write an article uh, last week. Uh, did, did we come up with any new dates? Because I, I wrote that with the intention of updating it. Yeah, I think I think some have changed. Okay, let, let's go through what we know real quick because I think it's great. So we have Livingstone July 1. I'll say Daniel Cruz. I, I, I don't any day. Um, Makai Saina, end of the week, maybe. Uh, Livingstone July 1st. Uh, Melvin Hills was originally July 15th. That's moved up to July 12th. Malik Blockton is July 8th. Malik Blockton's Auburn, Texas. Melvin Hills is Texas, leading Ole Miss. Um, we have Jordan Washington, Relayham Creek, which is July 4th. Um, Aaron Hampton. Have, do what? Aaron Hampton, July 7th. Yep. I think Jaden Jackson's coming somewhere around July 4th as well. That July 4th date's big. I think Corey Gibson, Jordan Johnson, Rebell are in a, within a couple of weeks, maybe. Of, of the official visits ending here this month. Uh, and I'm sure I'm forgetting other guys, um, but uh, we can keep talking about that. But uh, I think this is, no, this is good. This is a good exercise for us and, and for the people listening, because it tells us, Hey, let's, let's get, let's get something together. That's like a master sheet. Like Eric was talking about, we'll put that up on inside Texas. That's not hard for us to put together at all, but uh, definitely what, what I wanted to bring up here and why I thought it was a good thing is, I'm trying to give people, oh, well, they had 20 guys in and only got two commitments thus far. Again, this is going to play out over time. It's more important what happened at the visit and what we hear behind the scenes, because yeah. that is what will actually eventually play out. This yeah. is, you know, this isn't, does it doesn't have to be a sprint, right? As long as you get where you want to go in the end. Well, and look, and here's the thing. I'll, I'll say this. There happen to be two guys whose moms have, mid-July, early July birthdays. These kids are going to announce on their mom's birthdays. I mean, so that's why some of these kids, it's their timeline, it's their dates, their special days here that are involved. Got it. Uh, Nobody's more anxious than a recruiting fan. Nobody. (laughs) Yep. Hey, um, Mac Mosh. Now, is Jarek Gibson, the running back from IMG that committed to Texas over the weekend, scheduled to be an early enrollee like the other IMG guys? Jerry, this is something you talked about. All those IMG guys, one of the reasons they go there yeah. so that they can be early enrollees because IMG has those special programs that allow them to do such. Yeah, all four of those guys that were in this weekend, Jarrett Gibson, Jaden Jackson, TJ Lindsay, Jordan Johnson, Bell, all early enrollees. Uh, and that's really part of uh, the IMG, uh, uh, their recruiting pitch, obviously, to high school kids is they do get all these kids. Um, they get them all out early. And, and that's what these kids go there for. And Part of that cell is we're going to develop you physically with our strength and conditioning and nutrition program, which if, I don't know if you guys have been to IMG. There's literally nothing like it. I mean, like some of these small colleges, they don't even recruit there. They can't. Uh, they, their facilities don't compare. So there's a lot of stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, IMG gets all those kids out early that want to get out early. Got it. Uh, Eric Nolene, uh, you've got to go. We know that. Jerry, you gonna can you stay with me for about yeah, 10 more minutes? Let's do okay. it. Uh, Eric Nolene, publisher Inside Texas, joined us uh, this evening on a special edition of the live stream. Eric, thanks. Uh, get back to it, bud. Uh, yeah, I know we have a lot of stuff coming up. Yep, have fun. All right, thanks. Uh, Jerry, let's let's go ahead and talk some more uh, about uh, what happened this weekend. You were in the midst of it all at the airport uh, today, uh, running the thread uh, for Inside Texas as well. Um, your thoughts on how Texas is recruiting right now and and i say that because look you've what many people don't realize about you and me is that 
we didn't start out just necessarily covering Texas. Right. We've covered, I mean, I've covered Notre Dame, Florida, A&M, LSU, USC through the years uh, as a national recruiting analyst. You've done it on a national and regional level as well. Kind of put it into context for folks who haven't seen this kind of back-to-back weekends where the numbers are, are legit. I mean, it's, these guys aren't, I don't want to say it's this, this happens at Alabama and Georgia. Yeah. It's, I guess the, if people want context, those are the kind of weekend after weekend that those guys have. Now, will Texas domino on some of those guys? That's what we're waiting on right now uh, in, in, in fairness. But what are your thoughts as it relates to that, given your expertise in the area? So I'm going to, I'm not going to tell you the recruit I talked to at the airport today, but obviously it was an out of state guy. And what he said in an off the record conversation kind of struck me. Um, He said, it's hard to turn down Texas once you've been here on a visit weekend like this. He said, Texas literally has everything. He said, so it, it takes a lot to say no to a school that has everything. Um, so that's where Texas is coming from right now. I mean, and this is a four-star recruit that's made multiple visits in June and a lot of visits unofficials in the spring. He, he just looked at me and said, it is hard to turn down Texas, especially when you're looking at your parents from an academic side. And he said, they just have everything and they have a presentation uh, that they know they have, the, you know, they have everything with the presentation, the way the presentation's laid out the organization of it. So I think Texas is, you know, look, we've said it, the Sark is, they've got this one, the T's crossed and the I's dotted on these weekends. They're knocking them out of the park. It's fun. Um, it's inviting. They do a great job with the academics. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's what's interesting today to me, Bobby, is, you know, in the, Late 90s, early Mac years, the kids just got turned loose on 6th Street, right? I mean, on a Saturday night. You know, the last two Saturday nights, they've listened to Cedric Baxter sing karaoke. I mean, you know, so it's it, the, the recruiting's changed. I mean, it's more team fun events than, you know, going out and hanging out on a 6th Street, right? I mean, not saying that doesn't happen, but these visit weekends are a little different now. Uh, than they used to be. And, and I think Texas does a great job of engaging the kids in activities with their players and the parents in activities with the coaching staff and people around the University of Texas. I, and I think, look, I, if Texas were to sign a top five class, I'm not saying they are, if they were, one, we'll have a topic on this if they do. How many schools have signed three straight top five classes? I mean, the list isn't many in the last 20 years. That's when you start saying, okay, you got enough talent to go go, go chase some stuff. From Ashton Holloman here, Jerry. Is Texas going to sign other IMG players? Yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, I think Jordan Johnson Bell's a, a, a lean to Texas. Jaden Jackson, too close to call. Ohio State, Texas, OU. It's one of those three. I really think Ohio State, Texas is where it's going to come down to. He's had that long-term relationship with Larry Johnson. He grew up in Brownsburg, Indiana. Ohio State was a big offer for him, but he didn't jump on it and commit. He's still gone through the visit process. Texas got the last visit. He had a great spring visit. So we'll see. I think Texas is in the top two for about seven defensive linemen right now. They just have to get three or four. Um, then you get the TJ Lindsay and other, I think Texas in the top two there. I think Auburn's probably the second school. I think the SEC's big. I know he really likes Jason Taylor. If Miami was an SEC school, he might commit to Miami, uh, but they're not. So we'll see. I think that SEC has such strong appeal and you're seeing it recruiting for Texas. 
Got it. Um, Jerry, I, I'm going to, I'm going to not take any more questions. This is going to be the end of the, the questions for us tonight. Uh, I just want to get your feeling uh, on uh, all of it. I mean, Texas, what was it now? Five or six commitments at this point, yeah. uh, in your opinion, uh, you know, we're going to see 10 plus over the next month. Like I at one time, at one time you and I were talking, Jerry, and we said they, they should be at 10 or 10 to 12 by the end of July. Yeah. That number bumped up now to 15 for you say? Yes. Yes. Yeah, me I, too. I, I think so. I think maybe even 18. I mean, I, I really think this month of July, I think you're going to see a lot of kids off the board. I think it just makes sense. The, the more we're in this recruiting calendar, you take the June visits, you take the spring unofficial visits, you commit in July, then you get ready for your senior season. You start working out and getting serious with your team, uh, you know, and then you're in the August and practice starts. Um, so, I mean, I think that's absolutely where things are headed. I think more kids are going to commit in July than there are in August and the 1st of September. So I do expect Texas to be over 15 commitments uh, before the balls kick this year. Uh, that's, that's impressive uh, to me because just a week – Two weeks ago, we were thinking a lower number. That's also indicative of the momentum the yep. Longhorns have grabbed, right? Yep. Yep. Hey, I want to answer. We've had about seven people ask about Chris Johnson in basketball. I need to answer that one. Go for it. Uh, this Chris is Johnson. a tell him who he is first. Yeah, yeah. Chris Johnson, six four and a half combo guard out of Missouri City, played at Elkins. Uh, he played a senior at Montverde Academy in Orlando. He got out of his uh, Kansas letter of intent here a couple of weeks ago. He's announcing his decision tomorrow. If you're not on on three and inside Texas, I would be. My RPM picks in for Chris Johnson, uh, and it's a high it's a high percentage one. Um, but what they're getting if Texas gets him is look, he's trained with T.J. Ford since he was probably ten at T.J. Ford Academy and played with him in AAU. He is a six four combo guard. He's listed as a point guard. He has got point guard vision and feel in the half court. Uh, if his and he has got athleticism and he has got some pop and some explosiveness to him. If the, if the perimeter shooting comes along, and it's not bad, but if it comes along where it needs to be, if he can hit 35 36% from three in time, I think he's going to be an NBA draft pick. I think he's got that level of talent. He's got to make enough threes and shots from 22, 23 feet over the next two, three years in college to get there. But if he does that, he could be a hellacious player. Maybe uh, pay, pay a little payback for uh, uh, taking Arterio Morris, the there Kansas Jayhawks, uh, by Rodney Terry and, and his staff. Uh, in Austin. All right. Hey, Jerry, uh, just a tremendous job overall this week covering. I think I can say that for almost every Longhorn fan out there. Uh, we appreciate what you and the staff at Inside Texas done. Justin Wells, Eric Naline, Joe Cook, all a part of that this week. Uh, you guys have just uh, set a new bar, in my opinion, uh, for the recruiting industry. All right. Uh, for Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been this week's our Sunday nights, excuse me, Longhorn <laughs> live stream. Have a good one, Jerry. You too, Bob.